Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you will fall in love with Jesus, find a church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Now let's join the message already in progress. Welcome to Lakeside Church. My name is Chris Martinez. My wife and I, Emmerich, are so thrilled that you guys came here to celebrate Jesus with us. And it is a very special day here today. Um, we're going to be finishing up a series that we called um, Ask Lakeside Anything, where we've had people send in um, different questions that, that are kind of tough. Some are about life, some are about the Bible. And we just try to do our best to make sure that we uh, answer them and kind of point you to what the Word of God says. And it's really, really fun. Some of the questions are really hard. Some have been sunny, um, kind of funny. But um, what we... Uh, what we're here today to talk about is the third and final one as we're closing this series up and we're, uh, Caleb is going to preach next week and then the week after we're going to do um, a series on the Gospels. So we're going to look at the life of Christ and see what we can learn about Jesus. So the question today is a very important one. Um, kind of put a couple of them together and I'll say uh, how, the question is, and you can see it in your outline, how can I reach my friends? Specifically, this person wrote this, I've seen all the proof that God does exist, but I'm praying for someone close to me who grew up in church but had a bad experience in the church and he, that he and his family attended. My question is, I don't want to push, but I'd love to show books or videos and just Bible explanations to pray over because he saw, calls himself an atheist, but when he talks about God, um, I want to know how to answer. So besides praying for him, what can I do to help? Well, to me, this is an incredibly important question. You know, when I, when I first became a Christian, I, I wanted my friends to get saved, and, and I was an atheist. I, I would have said I was an atheist. I went around and I did um, things that, that were wrong, but also um, I did them in a way so that I would um, not have to think about God and not have to think about the guilt that came from from not walking with God, and so I, I get it. I understand what being an atheist um, is, and I would argue that I like to make fun of Christians, um, but you know what can you really do? And so we want to go into the scripture, and so I'm going to pray right now, and I just ask that you guys would pray with me um, for God's wisdom. God, you are God, you are Lord, and you love everyone, God. You love us all even when we didn't deserve it. And I pray, God, that right now in Jesus' name, you just visit us here and you'd speak through me, God, and let your word come out. Put your hand on my mouth. Let me just say whatever you want me to say and, and nothing less or nothing more. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's, um, let's go to what can you do? Because the thing is, is uh, I'm going to be honest. You might not like the answers I'm going to give you, but I'm going to try to give you the truth as it opposes to Scripture. So in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, we see, um, and this is Luke writing about the early church. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. I just want you to see that first word. In this um, verse, verse 42, it says, And they devoted. Devoted. Being devoted to God, being devoted to the Word of God, being devoted to fellowship, 
is a lot different than making time for. And I'm afraid that in our day and age, we are much more comfortable with making time for God, adding God into our lives, making time for fellowship or going to church or, or fell, um, breaking bread, spending time in people's houses for praying. We're not devoted to it. In other words, we already have our lives, and if we our lives, and if we can fit God in, then fine. But if we can't, then we won't. But that's not what they did. And I want you to see that in this verse. They were devoted to getting teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to praying. Don't discount prayer. The next thing, verse 43, it says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed had all believed together, lived together, and had all things in common. Verse 45, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. My first point is God works through his body to reach the world. That's what God has set up. God has set up his church. That's why we did this church here in Lexington, South Carolina. Is, is we believe that God uses the church. See, in many of us, um, you, you know, we go to church to be fed, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think you should come to be fed. I think you should come to worship God. But is that the only reason you come? Do you not come to make a difference? You know, for me, one of the most, um, you know, like I want my friends to get saved. I, I want people to hear the gospel. I want people to come to Christ. But God does it through his church. And when I, when I started going to church, I didn't go to be fed. I went out of obedience. And through my obedience, I was fed. I didn't go looking for a teaching. I went in obedience to God, in faith in his word, that, that I should not forsake the assembling of ourselves. I didn't get saved in a church. And God wants to reach people through his church. You know, some people say, well, I don't, uh, I don't go to that church anymore because, because of the worship. Is this the only time you worship? Like, is this it? You don't worship on your own. You don't worship in the morning. You don't worship at work. You don't live a life of worship. You worship only at church. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying some people. They have to have the best because they get nothing anywhere else in their life. And not that we don't want to have the best. We want to have good worship. I want you to have good teaching. But I don't ever go somewhere to listen to some guy teach. I go right to the Word of God. I'm going to listen to podcasts or, or, or audio books or, or listen to lectures. You know, I, I get teaching. But I get it straight from God. And you should be too. I should just be added into that because you should be devoted to God. And then, and then you read about this church is that God wants to reach his body. God wants to reach the world through his body. I want you to know that. Like God works through us. See, early on, I just had a passion to share the gospel. And a lot of times I do things out of obedience. One day I left church and, and I, had, I had two guys with me in Miami, Jose and Jose, because in Miami there are a lot of Jose's. A lot of people named Jose in Miami, and so we're, we're driving home, and I'm taking them back home. It's after church, and they just talked about sharing the gospel and then needing to let people know, and like it was just like 
coming at me over and over again, share the gospel, share the gospel. And I'm driving and we're talking and these guys are freshly saved and I've only been saved for a little while, but I'm, I'm leading them along. And finally, I just said, you know what? I got to do this. I got to do this. God wants me to do this like now, like this is my job. This is my responsibility. So I stopped the car by by South Day Park, by a park down there in Miami, and I just walked out into the middle of the park right after church. There's guys playing basketball, a couple games, and I'm not saying to do this, but I just said, God is dealing with somebody here. Who is it? A guy I just remember, just like it was yesterday, he caught the ball kind of passed it, walked out of the game and said, it's me. We came over and I said, Jose and Jose, share your testimonies with this guy. And they shared about what God had brought them through and about how God loved them. And we shared the gospel to them. And, and that's what God does. God works through his body. It's not the preacher's job to get people saved. It's, it's our job. It's your responsibility. If people are not getting saved, there's, there's probably three options. One, God does not want people saved anymore. Two, there's nobody else out there that doesn't know Jesus. Or three, we're not doing our part. We're not really active in what God is active about. And so, okay, so what is our part? I'm going to bring you through to a couple more things. We're going to go to the book, book of John. So if you want to turn in there or it's in your notes, uh, the book of John has, has something that Jesus said, and we're Christ-centered. We put what he says first. He says in John chapter 13, verse 35, and it's on the screen. It says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Now, I want you to think about this. Your love, your love points people to Jesus. That's what Jesus says. When you are loving, when we are loving, people will be pointed to Jesus. And if they're pointed to him, perhaps they will see him. And if they see him, perhaps they will believe in him. And if they believe in him, they will be saved. And it starts with our love. You know, they did a study, you said, the, and I, I thought this was so interesting. The number one people, that pe the problem that people have with church is that we are intolerant. Now think about that. We are not intolerant according to what Scripture says, but we are intolerant by our attitudes and our actions. And if, and, if, and if we're not loving, there's something wrong. If people don't love being around you because you are loving, there's something wrong. If you, don't, if you can't be around sinners or sinners can't be around you, there's something wrong because Jesus could be around people who didn't believe. And they liked him. They liked him. And if we are loving people, we will point them to Jesus because Jesus' word does not come back void. And he said, by your love, you will prove to be my disciples. People will know that you're my disciples. So the first thing is, yes, God wants to reach the body through the world through his body. But how does he do that? It's through our love. That's what we have to do. I want you to, to go to another book, in another uh, chapter in verse in John, chapter 15, verses 5 through 9. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is the one who bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. 
as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. See, our connection with Jesus produces fruits in our lives. That's the next point. Your connection with Jesus will produce fruit in your lives. And God is glorified when you bear fruit, when you reach people, when you show God's love, when you bring people to Christ. God is glorified because it has to be God. See, if you think you can do it on your own, if you think you're good enough to reach the world, if you think you know enough to reach your friends, and then you do it, that brings glory to yourself. But if you say, God, I can't do this. God, I'm not worthy. God, I'm not smart enough. God, I don't know enough. God, it's hard enough to love. Well, then God gets the glory. John Wimber, who was instrumental in the, the founding and the establishment of the vineyard, which is what we're part of, um, I read the story, and I may not get all the facts right, but he was an atheist. He was an ag just agnostic atheist, lived a life completely void of God, and he was very successful. He was in the music business, and he managed bands, uh, the Righteous Brothers. Uh, uh, I didn't have them in my CD collection, I'll be honest, but apparently they were pretty popular. You know, I'm a little bit young for that. But, but he, he was successful. Managed, managed these groups and, and had a successful music career. But he was also an alcoholic and he was losing his marriage and he was feeling hopeless and, and he had met a guy. I want you to hear, we never hear about this guy, we hear about John Wimber, but we never hear about this guy. He met a guy whose daughter was murdered and that man forgave the murderer and loved the murderer. And that just blew John Wimber's mind. He said, what is this? This is different. This is strange. See, it was the love of that man that pointed John Wimber to Christ. But it was that man's relationship with Jesus that allowed him to love even the unlovable, even the man who killed his daughter. And it was that man's faith that sparked something. And this guy, he was just a regular guy, a machinist, I believe, who, who, who was a working man, a big, gruff, burly, man's man just a regular guy who loved Christ. But it was his love that pointed John to Jesus. And John led tens of thousands of people to Christ. But that love came from this man's relationship with Jesus and his desire to, to walk with him and love people the way that Jesus loved them. The next thing I want to go to is says, if all prophesy, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 24 through 25. It says, If all prophesy, look on the screen, and an unbeliever or an outsider enters, he is convicted by all and he's called to account by all. And the secrets of his heart are disclosed so that falling down on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. See, it's the power, the next point, it's the power of God that changes lives. We can have a relationship with Jesus, which will make us loving, will will cause people, when we are loving, to look to Jesus and know that we are his disciples. And God will use that to work in their lives, but it is the power of God that changes God, just changes lives. Friend Caleb over here, he said that he was asked to talk with somebody who is an atheist and spent a couple hours with him and all the arguments in the world did not make a difference. You can have good arguments. 
But you know what? We as a culture, as a country, we cannot even agree what color a dress is or what sound some recording on the internet makes. Is it Laurel? Is it Yanni? We hear differently. We see differently. We, we don't always look at things, and so it's not always the best argument that will win. But love you cannot deny. And a connection with Jesus produces love, and that love will release the power of God into somebody's life. And, and that is what will, will cause them to be changed. Do you know that, that God loves people? And that God wants them to be saved? And God wants to reach them with the gospel? So, so I, I can point you to books. The question asks for books. Uh, the Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Uh, Man, Myth, Messiah by uh, Brooks Rice. Those are two good entry-level books that give you really good things. Case for Creator, Lee Strobel has a ton of things. Um, but th those guys are good. And there's tons of YouTube videos you can watch of their lectures that, that uh, you can find. And there are answers to a lot of questions. And there's good arguments and things that you can respond. But it's not the response. You don't always get to their hearts through their head. Sometimes you got to be able to answer the questions. And there's really hard questions out there, but there's really good answers for those questions. And you need to know them. I'll be closing quickly, um, shortly, anyway. In the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 34, we read a story about a man named Philip. Now, Philip was called the evangelist. Uh, different people had different giftings. An evangelist would be somebody who shares the the gospel or shares the message of Jesus. So he was, he, that this is what he did. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a prophet. He, he wasn't a pastor. He was somebody who shared the message of Jesus. And so this guy is out sharing the message and he comes across a eunuch. All right, thank God we don't do that today. But this guy was a eunuch. He was made that way. He was in a governmental office. And he was traveling back from Jerusalem. And Philip sees him, and Philip gets close to him, and, and they begin a conversation. And the eunuch says to Philip, verse 34 of Acts chapter 8, About whom does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? See, the eunuch had a question. And you'll run into people that, that have questions. And Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. One translation says, he preached the good news about Jesus to him. See, that's the last point, and this is what you got to know, is, is wait for their questions and then point them to Jesus. I mean, it's a Sunday school phenomenon. Like, if you go into Sunday school or kids' church or, or whatever you want to call it, kids' side, don't matter what the name is, and if you get kids that have been there long enough, and if the Sunday school teacher or the kid's side leader or, or the children's pastor, whoever it is, asks a question, the kids that have been there long enough, they're going to say, uh, Jesus? Even if they didn't hear the question. Even if they just knew a question was asked but they weren't paying attention, but they know the teacher's waiting for a response, teacher's gonna, the kid's going to be like, Jesus? And you're like, no, man, I asked, what do you all want for snack? You know, because they just get conditioned because that's what we do in the kids is we teach them it's Jesus, it's Jesus, and Jesus. But, but that's really what it is for us, too, for the adults, too. Jesus is the answer. So just wait for the question and, and point it to Jesus. Why is there evil in the world? I don't know why there's evil in the world, but I knew that that evil is so bad. And it's horrible and it causes a lot of pain. But I thank God he sent his son Jesus to take all of that evil and all of that pain which he didn't deserve on himself. 
so that we wouldn't have it anymore. So that in our resurrected state, we would have no more pain and no more tears because the, the, the pain he didn't deserve, he took. So the glory we don't deserve, we can receive. Or, or what, why is my daughter sick and why am I battling with this sickness if God loves us? I don't know. I don't know. Our bodies are, are frail and they're broken, but I thank God that Jesus took a, broken, took a human body and allowed it to be broken, to be whipped and to be, to be, to be his beard torn out and, and thorns in his head and, and nails in his hands and a spear in his side so that his body could be broken so that one day we could have the promise of a resurrected new body. And sometimes we get touches of that now where God heals people today. And some people are not healed, but they will be. There will be a resurrection. There is hope for today and there's hope for tomorrow in Jesus Christ. Yeah, but people just do horrible things in this world. And how could God be real with all the horrible things that happen in this world? I mean, people are evil. People are the wrong things. I know. And that's why in Christ, humanity was put to death. Like he became the head of a new body, the, se the second Adam, who put to death sin in the flesh. Like he took, he took the form of flesh, and that flesh died so that we could be born again. See, we're buried with him in baptism and raised again through our faith in him and through his resurrection. We come to a new life. Our old life can be put to death because all of us can be wicked. All of us can be evil. And we need God's grace to forgive us for our sins. But the cross is about more than that. It's not just about grace, but it's about a new hope and a new start because the old is put to death and newness comes to life. There's hope in Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Wait for their questions and point them to Jesus. So how can you reach your friends? Number one, become part of a good church. God reaches the world through his body. Become part of the body of Christ. Be somebody who's a contributor, not just somebody that's there to feed and feed and feed, but you never contribute. What do you call a part of your body that just feeds and feeds and feeds, but it doesn't do anything? It doesn't serve a purpose. It just takes energy out of you but it doesn't give any value back to you. Is that not a cancer? I'm not calling you a cancer. Forgive me, I'm, I'm not trying to say you personally are cancer, but I'm saying there's people that eat and eat and eat, and they come so hungry on Sunday because they don't eat during the week, and all they could do is eat on Sunday because they haven't built themselves up during the week. And God is looking for people that will build themselves up so on Sunday, yes, they can eat and they can fellowship and they can feast on Christ and worship, but they can also serve. They can also bless people. They can also be there. You know why Jose and Jose were in my car? Because I was saved very early, a couple months before them. And when I got there, I knew I didn't know everything, but I knew enough about Jesus to share it with somebody. And when they walked into church, I made sure that they were going to be back. I said, man, I'm so happy. I'm proud of you. God's touched you. And when they didn't have the ride the next week, don't worry. I got you. I'll go get you. There's no church van. It was Chris's Tahoe. And Chris's Tahoe drove there and picked them up and brought them to church. And the same thing, that's why Chris does this. Why it's, not a, it's, it's not a burden for me to come here on Sundays. I enjoy Sundays. It's the rest of the work, my work life, that's hard. That's what wears me out. 
but I get strong in Christ so I could serve because I want to be a contributor and not just a consumer. So be part of a local church and then be loving, be tolerant. People should be able to come here. People should be able to meet you and know that you love them. You may not agree with everything that they think or everything that they do, but you love them. Haven't we all had parents that were like that? That we weren't perfect, but they loved us? We weren't the best kids, but they supported us? That's who we are should be. And then stay connected with Jesus so he could produce fruit in your life. You can't be a contributor if you're not getting fed by Christ. See, that's what the vine does to the branches. The vine gives the branches life. Jesus gives us life. What Jesus did did not stop on the cross. Because we know he was resurrected. And it did not stop with the resurrection because we know he was ascended to the right hand of God. And it did not stop at him being at the right hand of God because he sent his spirit and he comes to live within us and empower us and strengthen us and give us everything we need to reach the world, especially when we don't think we can do it on our own. Because when we are weak, then we are strong because in our weakness, God is glorified. And if you're struggling with something, come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm weak and receive power and receive grace because it's the power of God that changes lives. And it's not just the power of God that you heard the gospel once, but it's the power of God you walk in and demonstrate God's goodness to a world. And as you're in that attitude of connected with Jesus and loving people, if you'll wait for their questions and then point them to the Savior that you found, that'll be enough. God will use that. God will honor that. And so uh, this has been an amazing series. I'm grateful for you guys to uh, come along. We'll, we'll do it again next year, um, hopefully with some different, harder, tougher questions. But I'm going to give you a secret. Most of the time, the answer is going to be Jesus. And it's not just because I don't know anything else. It's because there's nothing else worth knowing but him. And his spirit is active today and wants to be active within you and empower you to reach the world. It's, it's our responsibility. I just want to pray with you guys. God, I thank you for everyone that is here today listening to this. And I pray that you would bless their lives, God. I pray you would help them stay connected with you, God. God, I pray that they would have faith and trust that every sin is taken away in the cross. And if they need to pray and they need to repent for some sin, God, I pray you'd release grace and forgiveness to them. God, and if they're feeling weak, I pray you'd release strong, God. And if they're feeling hungry and worn out, I pray you'd give them strength and give them energy by your Holy Spirit. And I pray you'd empower them to make a difference in somebody's life. And you'd use them for your glory. And you'd give them wisdom. That the Spirit of God within them would give them wisdom for whatever speak comes against them. For whatever questions arise. That you would give them some supernatural wisdom. In the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.